0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hour of Power podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron, and joining me as always, we've got Caleb. Caleb, how are you going today?
1: Yeah, so good. Home of 60-Minute Studies, we're back. We completed a study earlier this week on a hot topic, social media algorithms. Excited to dive into that today with our expert interview and get our facts
0: checked. That's exactly right. So we earlier in the week, we looked into social media algorithms. We study it for 60 minutes to try and become experts. And today, we've got a very special guest to try and set our facts straight and also to teach us a little bit more about the subject. Caleb, who do we have as our expert today for this subject? Mm-hmm. We got our Founder and director of Point
1: Media, a boutique social media uh, and advertising company uh, based out of Sydney that is some really cool work, working with more than 500 clients since their inception. And you're going to hear some of the stories um, in this interview. It's really cool stuff. But Dimitri himself, uh, he has a he has a vision um, to empower Australian small to medium sized enterprises to grow through digital marketing, which is why he created Point Media, uh, which has the mission of providing a Affordable quality and convenient service to everyone that they work with. Uh, some of the credentials that Dimitri himself has, though, uh, and he was awarded Salesperson of the Year across all of the Asia Pacific region oh, wow. uh, in media marketing and advertising. Quite impressive, uh, and one of the top ten account managers uh, in a previous job working with a, and a huge company. Um, so some cool. He's obviously got the experience, but you know we were yeah. checking out some of his content. Uh, unbelievable content that he puts out there, and yep. like I said, some stories that that our listeners are going to get to hear uh, about some of the clients he's worked with some really cool stuff
0: he's got some cool stuff out there and he's going to share with us some cool stuff as well so here we go let's jump into interview with dimitri now and let's become a little bit more of an expert about the subject of the social media algorithm Okay, here
1: we are with our expert interview, Social Media Algorithms, one of our most anticipated topics so far, Cam. It's an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast, Dimitri from DotPoint, and it was recommended to me, the the person who put me in touch with Dimitri said, you have to get in touch with this guy. He is so far deep in the weeds of this social media world. Uh, He's the perfect guy for this conversation. So, Dimitri, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about perhaps your journey into the reeds into the weeds of this social media world, if you like. Where did this passion start? How did you find yourself in this kind of sphere?
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, firstly, Caleb and Cam. Um, it's great to be here, um, especially on such short notice. Um, the boys contacted me earlier this morning, so it was good to We're really bounces. prepared <laughs> <Not getting that. laughs> Um, so yeah, Point. Media I started the business in 2016 in October, just a quick snapshot. Um, Prior to that, I was working for a large media organisation. I won't name them at the moment. They are somewhat a competitor of mine, um, as you might like to call them. But um, I was just doing some freelance social media on the side, almost like a side hustle to my full-time job, managing some client pages, doing some social media posting, scheduling, some management. Um, And I realised that I really, really loved it. Firstly, I found a passion in it and I thought, well, what can I make of this if I, you know, invest full-time hours into this little passion which was initially a hobby and for some extra cash and so was point dot media accepted um, in 2016 and since then we've just been fast growth and a lot of hustle it's awesome
0: and have you found uh, have you found f- that the love of social media has grown over that time has it gotten even more uh, have you fallen even more in love with the whole thing that is social media and you know the marketing on it
2: undoubtedly i love it and i would say that it is by far the most inexpensive way for any business to advertise um or promote themselves so if you're not doing it get onto it because it's not too late um and it's it's just the perfect way to to get that to gain that exposure you're looking for so uh, you
0: said Point Media. you know, you started 2016. Since then, you've probably worked on some quite cool projects. You've probably done some cool things. What's maybe a favorite uh, project or a client that you've worked with so far that uh, you could share with us?
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, we have, we've worked on hundreds and hundreds of campaigns and brands. It's It's been very, very exciting. I think that's one of the The beauties about the industry as well. The fact that we're able to, you know, every day is a new challenge, meet new brands, grow new brands, you know, and make a real and lasting impact. But I would have to say that in answer to your question, my favourite so far um, was a new grocery store that opened up in the west of Sydney. Um, They defied all of the odds. Firstly, the the location of this grocery store, and I'll I'll name them, um, it's Grimmer Brothers Wholesale. They were meant to, Um, that location was actually zoned to be opened as a Coles or Woolworths. Um, Now, somehow, very sneakishly, these guys won the tender, um, opened up a small little family independent grocery store, which is actually two warehouses big, Um, and they came to me and they said, man, we we don't know. Like, we've run a small little family grocery store. How how do we do this? What's next? And, you know, they had a really... (laughs) small budget. They didn't know what to do, where to start. And at that time, it was just when I'd started point.media as a, as a full-time business. And, um, it was a really, really exciting project. We were going in there, we were creating content. We started their pages. We were posting every single day when the Instagram and Facebook algorithm particularly were, you know, um, the more you post, the more exposure you get. Um, so we were having so much fun with that brand. And we actually, in a period of six months, we took this family grocery store who previously had a social media presence of about a hundred followers and a hundred page likes on, on their other social media profiles. So within six months, we had 17,000 likes, um, on both Facebook and then another 10,000 on Instagram. And the engagement was crazy. We could post about anything. And we would get three, four hundred comments. It was phenomenal. My favorite campaign today.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, I've got sound effects here. I'm giving that a round of applause because that that's the uh, that's the success story that we love to hear. That is absolutely amazing. Wow. Totally I, and I, can, I can see why that's like your your favorite, like one of your favorites. Not only like, you know, the start, it's super exciting, but you turn their results around, and that was just, you know insane oh.
1: <laughs> yeah and for, and for a business against all the odds as well very cool hey to take a uh, to take a slightly different tact before we jump into these yep. core questions dimitri uh, i saw a graphic on your your uh, company Facebook page a little while ago it said something about uh, along the lines of use social media differently don't just mindlessly scroll engage with others build new relationships things like that tell us about how you think social media can be a positive it's it's developing a negative stigma in some ways but tell us about that idea um, that you were talking about with that particular post
2: yeah so I think with a lot of the content that we've posted on our pages and a lot of the topics we like to address, we don't like to just talk about how social media can be used by businesses to promote themselves, but also how we individually and in our personal lives um, can use social media to connect with others. And that post specifically was about, you know, um, building your personal brand one, but two, um, actually create meaningful relationships. You find that a lot of people go social media, this and social media, that well, what is it social media is like an online cafe the whole point is for you to get to meet introduce yourself get to know people nurture and foster relationships that you would otherwise be unable to but to also do it at the speed of light um and that post was more addressing the fact that a lot of businesses if you're going to look at it from that perspective they post without um They just post for the sake of posting in another sense. So they don't really have a plan to why they're posting. They don't know why they're posting. They're posting so that other people may perceive them as being busy or active in business, but there's no real intention. And on the other end of that, you have the users who are then reading these posts and seeing these posts. Um, Those people don't want to be just seeing crap. And this is what we'll get into more in answer to some of your future questions about the algorithms and and what's changing and what it means for us. But it's more about nurturing and fostering relationships. So be social on social. Don't, Don't waste that opportunity.
1: I love that. Yeah, great stuff. I think there's a, I think there's a lot we could all take away from that. I'm certainly taking that to heart uh, as well. I'm sure our listeners will. Uh, Dimitri, there's something fun we like to do. Uh, we call it the Experts Exam. We do it every week and typically I allow Cam to introduce our guests to it because uh, he's a bit of the mastermind <laughs> behind this Experts Exam. Uh, I think you'll like this. I,
0: I really like it. Somehow, uh, Dimitri, there, hopefully this week changes it. Somehow, every single week, the expert asks a question that falls into my category of research. So I'm really hoping that this week you ask a question that's related to Caleb, but the way this works so that you understand it is uh, the expert's exam is a little bit of a game we like to play. So throughout the podcast, we'll ask you questions, get your expert opinion. However, you, you, did, uh, you told us you listened to a little bit of the podcast that we put out earlier in the week. As you would then know, we, we do 60 minutes of study and we try to find out as much about the subject as possible. And we try to become experts. And basically what the experts exam is, is it's your chance to ask us a question to see if we even have a chance of being experts or deemed as experts as if we understand any of the stuff. So you ask us a question that you what? think only an expert would know, and, uh, and we'll give it a shot to see if, if we can answer it. So <laughs> we'll give it a shot. What's uh, okay. a question?
2: My question is... From Facebook's inception um, in early 2004, let's call it 2007, when people started really using Facebook, um, who now own Instagram and WhatsApp and are soon to acquire more companies. Everything. Everything. (laughs) 2007, everything. Since 2007 to 2020, what are the two main algorithmic changes that Facebook have implemented?
0: This is you, Caleb. I know you studied this. (laughs) (laughs) Finally one's come to me.
1: Uh, Okay. The first.
2: uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. But there were some major ones. That's right. There were some major ones that were well commentated on. I think the first of which was they started to curate your, well, they, they introduced the feed, right? And they changed it from just seeing it in chronological order to what they thought. Is the what we would want to see the most relevant, the most important information? Is that the is that one of the two?
2: Ring the bell, ring the bell. Okay, the bell. A
0: round of applause there. <laughs> okay, Caleb. Now the Woo. now the real challenge. The second, the second one. <laughs> okay,
1: and the second one is it something to do? Uh, it's either the like button or it's the fact that they introduced reactions. To Facebook beyond just the like button because that allowed them to really gauge what people wanted to see. Is that correct?
2: Oh, I think we'll give it to you. Oh. I think we'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it. Two from two. He's got it. Got it. Ah, uh, good Dude. job, buddy. Okay, so you yeah, have to
1: grade us, Dimitri. You have to give us a score as if we were back in uh, primary school A plus to C minus, so hopefully no lower than that. Where would you put us?
2: Oh, look, I I, I wouldn't give you an A plus, but I think we'll give you an E for effort. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love it. (laughs) Okay. There you go, Caleb. Last week I got a B minus, but this week you got an E and uh, you should be proud of that. (laughs) Nah, thanks, Dimitri. That was a
2: good
0: question. I feel really ripped off, but I'll I'll take it. (laughs) Caleb, you got lots of round of applause. Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah, maybe next time. Yep. <laughs> so uh, Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the opportunity
1: to turn the table on Dimitri because I'm quite uh-oh. upset with how he respond. Hey, we'll jump into the first of these core questions. Uh, first one, very 101 level, Dimitri. It is, how does an algorithm work? I want to share with you the kitchen table definition that I found last week and we can go from there. It was, social media algorithms are a way of sorting posts in a user's feed based on relevancy instead of published time. That is... That is the definition that I could find out there. What do you think about that? Is that missing information? Are you happy with that? What What would you say?
2: I, I would say that um, that's that's pretty correct. Um, but the evolution of of um, social algorithms, particularly, um, it's a bit it's a bit of both, really. Like initially, when it started, the algorithm was you know what time do you post? What's the best time to post on social media? Or What's the best time to post multiple series of content? So quantity and frequency and timing was all a factor, whereas now it's more relevancy. So I wouldn't say that it was. It's incorrect in saying that um, it's not based on time. Um, it is still somewhat based on time, but relevancy is is it's more skewed towards that these days um, because of the way yeah. that users interact and for the fact that there's so many users who are, who are sick of seeing rubbish Mm. in their their Mm. feeds. That's, that's yeah, absolutely. And
0: it's, Go ahead, Cam. Oh, I was just going to say that, that kind of follows along with what you were saying before, you know, with uh, businesses just thinking that they should just put out the content for the, the sake of content. And then I guess uh, maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit more, but I guess uh, the pers- this perception from us as we looked into it is that as people continually post maybe more and more, if it doesn't actually get uh, the reaction, then it stops kind of popping up in people's feed because I guess the algorithm doesn't like it as much? Or can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit more so we can understand why that kind of happens?
2: Yeah, for sure. So it's 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 certainly based on relevancy. Um and I you mentioned earlier in part one of the podcast, you know, you were discussing how um, you know, all of the different actions that are or all, all the different criteria more specifically that Facebook and all these engines are actually using to um rank or score um, your relevancy um, and I guess what's happening is we're seeing a shift so early um, so since the inception of Facebook so early days it was about posting in f- uh, frequently as frequently as possible up to you know five six times a day even um, oh, wow. and now we've moved to posting higher quality content you know sharing ebooks sharing video content long form content that people will actually consume and digest and and actually gain some sort of value from rather than just a generic post about your cat or your dog or your (laughs) toe so what we're noticing specifically in australia from an agency landscape is that australia is highly highly dependent on paid advertising and the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this into this conversation at this point is because we can sit here and we can turn blue in the face about, you know, how do we beat the algorithm? How do we get ahead of it? How do we make sure our content is, is at the top, always being seen by the people we want to, want to be seen by? And the reality is, guys, that the online advertising, well, all these search engines and all of these social platforms, they're businesses. They want mm-hmm. to make money. And how do they do that? They've commercialized that business by making you pay for advertising. So where in 2007, you would get 80, 90, 100% engagement by putting up a post, we're now getting 1% or 2 or 5% and they're making you pay for the rest. So I really, really want to challenge this whole algorithmic conversation by putting it to you. I believe personally, and so do my clients and from the results that we've, that we've been able to attain through thousands and millions of dollars of, um, media spend is that you should be paying to be playing. And that is whether you're spending $5 or you're spending $5,000, you should be boosting, you should be sponsoring and you should be delivering your content to as many people as you can with as much money as you can afford to spend. Now, can you still post organically? Can you still get some sort of results? Absolutely. So it's just up to you. These days, do you want to spend more time trying to beat the algorithm or do, or can you just cut to the front of the line, spend a bit of money and serve your ads to, or your posts to the people who, who are actually interested in, in, in reading it? I leave that one with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a good train of thought there. I like what you were going with that because I guess that's part of uh, you know advertising is it gets it actually to the people who are interested in those things that you're you're putting out because uh, you have to outline I guess the interests of the post or the thing that the post would apply to and so I guess that's kind of part of the the algorithm is that you'll get more into people's feeds.
2: Well, rather than leaving it to, to you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever platform you're using to you know, use their algorithm per se to organically, to naturally try and understand what your post is about and the audience that you're trying to communicate to and therefore transacting in some form of engagement organically, you can just straight away jump on, spend a bit of money, and be showing your posts to the right person. So why stuff around trying to beat the algorithm? I mean, it's changing every day. We can't keep ahead of it. So why fight it? Just work with it and do your best organically, but also spend a bit of money and, you know, move on to the next challenge.
1: It's good. Mm-hmm. I, my, my question, because I was thinking about this today, is as I've read some of your content that I watched actually a video from you and you spoke about uh, sponsored Facebook ads, you'd had a client ask you a question about how do I get my brand out in the community? And, and a lot of that was to do with that kind of sponsored content. Are we diving into a game there that the social media giants are pulling us into that we'll never get out of? Because if we all start spending, it just becomes who spends the most, right? And the real winners there are the social media giants pulling the revenue, not the small to medium-sized businesses that you service and i'm sure are listening to this podcast so how how is this a sustainable strategy um as as well as obviously the correct one how can we make it a sustainable one
2: well it's sustainable up until the point um, of success that you want to achieve and every business is different right so we have clients that only want or expect to um you know generate two or three new sales a month and we have clients who want to generate 3,000 sales a month. So um, I guess it's relative to um, your spend is relative to what you want to achieve Uh, and therefore it'd be be controlled because you're not going to spend more than you need to. In terms of are we getting sucked in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Particularly in Australia, it's People like me, unfortunately, that are encouraging people to go out and, you know, beat the algorithm, spend a bit of money, and that's where it starts, right? That's the, that's the beginning of an addiction, a business addiction. However, in saying that at the same time, um, like I said, one, it's relative, your spend will be relative. Two, you should be doing it because that's what's necessary. Um, but three, it's it's important that you understand you don't need to always just spend. You can, you can try something organically, see the results, test, measure, um, and if you notice that you're getting attention, then you can spend money. So there are smart ways around doing a bit of both, you know, working with the algorithm and then, you know, boosting it and, and going against it to, to buy your exposure at the same time.
0: Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Now I've yeah. got a question kind of leading on from that. Uh, I guess, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about Facebook, but when, when we're looking at the different algorithms, when we're looking at the, the different platforms, I guess part of, uh, your experience would be that, you know, boosting posts or advertising, um, on a, a variety of platforms is a different things that you have to do, um, to, I guess, you know, not only beat the algorithm, but work the algorithm on different platforms, like things you have to really be mindful of?
2: For sure, for sure. You're not, um, so depending on the platform that you're using will depend on the audience that you're trying to communicate to. Now, the lazy way to market, and I'm not going to lie, we're guilty of this because we do have a lot of clients who just, you know, want, the simple, the simple approach, a simple strategy, and that would be, you know, to curate some content and distribute that, that, that content out to as many social media channels as we own. Um, and that's the lazy way because um, somebody who might care about that, you know, pet post on Facebook absolutely does not want to see that in their feed on LinkedIn. Or the limitations on Twitter with the character count may not be applicable to the long-form content that's highly sought after on LinkedIn. Mm. So I guess to answer your question, um, the algorithms are very, very different for every platform. Do I know all of the algorithms, the ins and outs of them? Absolutely not. Are they changing every day? Yes, they are. But but
0: (laughs) we do know that.
2: When it comes down to which platforms you should be using and how you should be using them to work with the algorithms, you need to take a step back and think about who are you addressing by that platform. That's the first thing that you should do in trying to work with the algorithm because if you're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a professional community. People want to learn, they want to engage, they want to enrich and endear themselves. So if you're only posting short-form content on LinkedIn, you're already failing, you're not working with the algorithm. Or if, yep. you are, if you are posting too much on LinkedIn, again, you're not working with the algorithm. The algorithm suggests that um, post higher quality, post less of it, post articles over short-form content, post videos over um, static-form content, um, and you'll notice that organically when you do these things, you, you'll get a higher result. Um, and there's hmm. also a couple of little tips and tricks in between all of that um, that actually give you that edge when working with with the algorithm, like getting your community or your family or your friends to share your content, and how to share your content appropriately to make sure that you garner that extra attention. Um, so yeah, look, there's heaps of articles. The best ones are Sprout Social, HubSpot, all of these CRMs and marketing platforms. They always post the best content about how to work with the algorithm. Um, And really, that's that's the source of, of data that we also use to model our business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I was on another good Facebook today. I believe the company was called Point Dot. They also had some great information, so I'd recommend checking that out as well. Uh, I'll bring another brand name into it if you like. I'll be curious to see a reaction. Uh, Gary V. I don't know how you feel about him in general, but he talks a lot about the sheer quantity of content that we sh- that that businesses and and personal brands as well should have to put out to even expect to be considered in this social media game. So we've talked about the the relevancy, the quality of content being important is there a role that that sheer quantity you just need to be putting out he, he i even read somewhere hundreds of posts a day unnecessary what what would you say to that kind of advice
2: <laughs> look i love gary v first first foremostly i i really really respect his philosophy and and everything he says is often true and correct um what you've got to consider is gary vee's based in the states first and foremost with the population the 365 million it's a lot harder to get that cut through and to be competitive in that market secondly um Yes, that's way too excessive. <laughs> that, you, you do not need to be creating that much content simply. It is it is excessive. It's an overkill. You'll be pissing off a lot of people. You'll be really, really annoying your intended audience if you're curating and posting that much content every day. I think what Gary's trying to communicate in his message is you can curate and post a lot of content but it's the delivery of that content. So rather, like, to give people and and the listeners an example, rather than posting the same post on six different social media networks, you should post 20 different things 40 different ways. And how do you do that? So you would use Instagram Story and you use Snapchat Story and then you do Instagram direct message and then you'd go to Facebook Messenger and then you'd go through to... um, actual actual utilization of those platforms so you would post on the on the news feed or on the wall of those platforms as well Um, and then you'll find that if you're appropriately applying the different types of contents through many forms of delivery not just on feed in the feed of the of the actual platform then you're creating a lot of different forms of content i think that's what he's trying to communicate he's trying to say don't be lazy, don't just post to the page and expect miracles or don't just post to the page of 10 of your social media platforms, multiply that, post it and use every single distribution channel available to you, most of which are free um, to get out there and, and expose your content. And, yes, in that you will be creating hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content that aren't necessarily, you know, in full and whole form a post mm. per se.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay. So thinking about, uh, you know, having it just broken down in lots of different ways and delivering it in like a bunch of different ways. Cause each platform has a number of different ways that you can deliver it. I really like that there, I guess from uh, flipping it around now. So we, we've kind of been looking at, uh, the perspective of someone who's putting it out there. Uh, if we flip it around and now we're thinking about the, uh, the consumer of the social media or the person who's just, you know, scrolling through their, their phone, um, <laughs> How does the algorithm kind of for them kind of work in a way that they see what they want to see, but also um, that those people advertising to them get the advertising to them? I guess it's like, how does Facebook or Instagram or any of the things actually work out, hey, we're going to balance the things that you see so you don't just have ad after ad after ad and you actually see some of those puppy pics that you want to see?
2: Great question, and
1: important oh important in that does does your phone listen to you while you're dreaming and while you're having I conversations was, over I the was dinner about table? Because that's
2: and answer both questions before you beat me to it. Okay? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's I think it's important. Like okay, so I'll, I'll answer Caleb's question first yep. because I think it will be a nice segue into answering your question. There you go. <laughs> so. Is Facebook? We're gonna mm. we're gonna debunk the theory. It's happening right now. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> is Facebook listening to me? Yeah. No, Facebook is oh. not listening to you. In my okay. professional opinion, now every single person listening to this podcast right now tonight, go home, watch the Netflix docu series called The Great Hack. If you haven't I'm watching, seen, the I'm Great writing it Hack, down. The great hack. The great hack. Okay. If you haven't seen the great hack yet, stop what you're doing. Go straight to Netflix. Watch the great hack. And come back straight afterwards. Come back
0: straight (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) Come
2: back straight (laughs) afterwards. Honestly, it will change your perspective on how the algorithms work. It'll change your perspective on everything because the great hack, just in summary, it was, um, you know, surrounding the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal around the, the Trump election, Um, And how Trump's administration actually leveraged data, um, particularly on Facebook, to influence a small minority of Americans to win the election. Um, now, admittingly, the company that uh, assisted that, Cambridge Analytica, they were actually in breach of many privacy laws, hence why the algorithms have now changed again, um, you know, and, and, and Facebook are trying to protect the end user and, and the data on their platform. But you really, really um, come to terms and, and you get a better understanding as to One of the questions is actually that question that you asked earlier, Caleb, he's actually asked in the movie to a professor who headed up um, the campaign against Cambridge Analytica who complained about them misusing his data and they wouldn't give him his data upon request. And he, um, one of his students asked him, well, are Facebook listening to me? And he said, no, they're not, but... The amount of data that Facebook have collected on us, in fact, in docu-series, they actually suggest that Facebook have over 12 million points of data on every you, every individual person. I don't know 12 million things about <laughs> myself and I doubt you know 12 million things yeah. about myself. close. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they know 12 million things about you. So when you're thinking about that Balinese holiday, the chances are in the last few days you have done something you have clicked on something you have somehow been tracked or linked back to a search that you've made where they know that you are interested in that particular holiday now absolutely it's it, it's mind-blowing to think that one minute you're thinking about Bali and the next minute you're seeing it on facebook and yeah. at times it is somewhat scary but that just goes to show you how truly powerful and how connected um we are mm. and 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 to show how powerful this algorithm is more specifically
0: wow yeah i think i think the funny thing you know just um switching the gears a little bit and we won't stick on this because we're not a political, uh, podcast, but you know, with the, with the <laughs> app that's come out at the moment that, you know, it's trying to track and help like the whole thing. People are like, Oh, should I download it? But everyone's commenting about it on Facebook. Facebook knows way more. Like if you're not going to download that, <laughs> app, then delete Facebook and try to run off into the, the jungle somewhere because Facebook obviously has the upper hand in this thing. So I guess that's a uh, kind well, of the worries. funny thing.
2: Yeah. We've already lost control. We've lost control many, many years ago. So no, uh, COVID safe is not going to um, hurt you in any way or expose you. You're already exposed.
1: Yeah. There you go.
2: So if it's it's
1: not the fact that our phones are stalking us over the dinner table and while we dream at night, there must be things that affect. So you you talked about those data points. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about from a user perspective, what is it that we're doing that's causing Facebook to grab that data and and other platforms, I suppose? Of
2: course. So um, the moment you you sign up to any of these platforms, you're giving them um, explicit permission to absolutely um, suck the life out of every single click and, and analyse that, psychoanalyse that click to understand everything about you. But um, some of the more common um, components, you might say, that um, make up the algorithm um, would be things such as the, the profile information that, that you have on your page, first and foremost, in terms of how a business can target you via um, the interests or behavioural targeting, Method. So things such as, you know, your email, phone number, location, settings, your age, your gender, um, you know, uh, your name, your religion, all of those details are very, very important to Facebook um, to build a base profile about you. Um, And then the rest of it is actually uh, based on your everyday actions. So like I said, you're being profiled and every single click you're making is actually being tracked um, to the ends of the world. Now, Facebook have um, conversion windows and have tracking windows. So essentially, um, I don't know what they are, which I did. There's a lot of assumption around what they may be. But what we know for sure is that every time you make an action or take an action on Facebook, every time you click or any of these similar platforms, whether it be on TikTok or um, LinkedIn or Twitter, whatever you're doing on any of these social platforms, there's a window um, following that action where these platforms are actually following you around and they're, and they're actually tracking everything else that you're doing on your web browsers and um, your cookies. So yeah, wow. you basically exposing them to everything that you're up to um, on that device. Um, now, how far and how deep that goes, we don't know. Um, I'm sure there are answers out there. I don't know, but it's that's how they're building that um, profiling of everything. So
1: even, even after you've clicked the home button on your phone and you've exited the Facebook app, they might still be grabbing some stuff from you.
2: Correct. It, wow. is, it is of our understanding through, um, you know, I guess all of the, you know, things such as Great Hack and all of these other books and Gary V and all the podcasts and all these professionals who, who have actually, you know, understood and developed and worked with these platforms forever. Um, they've run countless tests and it's, it's somewhat been proven that there's a window, how long we don't know, but there is a window post-action where they are tracking through any app even once you exit the app. Are they listening to you? No. Maybe that's the next level but they are definitely tracking you. And that's why we're eating in Bali, they're serving you a
0: Balinese ad. Yeah, wow. Okay. There you go. That's, that's insane. I think I read someone saying something about that the other day, but I didn't quite understand. But I think that's that's kind of helped me understand it there, the window of, uh, I guess, that happening. And so I guess um don't know whether we'll be able to find out when that what that is eventually, but I guess that's kind of part of the talk of – know what's happening in the world of social media i guess they they kind of sorry you go there dimitri yep
2: i was just gonna say you could look at this you know two ways there's there's one person who can say you know this is scary and i don't want it get me out of here yep um and then you can look at it and go wow this algorithm's really helping me it's really really doing me a an amazing service and that is it's helping me filter through countless of hours of wasted information and things that i don't need to know and things that i don't need to consume and it's giving me only what I need to know and what I need to consume, um, and I, I, that's how I look at it. I look at it as the algorithm is our friend. Yep. It is helping. Us. Don't go against it. Don't fight it. Don't try and beat it. Just run with it and and let it help you. Because yep. we're, we're so deep into this, you might as well you might as well benefit from from all of these changes.
0: That was mm-hmm. uh, part of what our research said was, uh, you know, basically that that you know, it seems scary, but if you look at it, they're really just trying to help you. They're trying to make it the best experience for you, trying to show you the um, stuff that's the most relevant to you. And although there is that kind of underlying motive that, you know, we can all see from the business perspective of, they're just trying to keep you on their platform the longest as well. Like from the business perspective, they are trying to do yeah. what they're saying they're doing by social social media. They're trying to help you see the the other social aspects that you want to see. I guess we kind of, move from here is you know what what does the future look like in the space you said kind of there before uh, the next level is them listening to us do we have to be worried about that kind of next level or is are they at a point where this is kind of like all there will ever be in the the kind of area of data like collection
2: absolutely i think there's there's always concern to be worried there's always reason to be a little bit um anxious or cautious even around you know what we're saying or what we're doing. But, you know, like I've got, a, I've got a Google home device it's a Google mini in, in my bedroom where we're currently working out of yep. um, due to COVID. But, you know, this thing's been inactive for the best part of the year yet it's been in my room. Mm. Do I know what they've been listening to? Do I know what they've been saying? I would have no idea, but the thing is, Alexa, Google Home, Facebook—it's—it's it's already happening. It's around us. You know, we've given—we've given so much access to these platforms. We're so deep. So, at what point could this turn around and bite us, or hurt us, or impact us in a negative way? I'm not sure what what the future looks like. But for now, I would say just keep going about your your life, and and you know, unless you're a super private person, and you've probably already made that mistake, and you and you're already deep into it, get out before it's too late. Mm. Otherwise, keep going and we'll see how we go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. And I think there's uh, there's some, you know, it's a age-old adage we all hear these days, but whether it be your mum or your teacher or your mate or whatever they say, once you put it out there, it is out there forever. And I think that's probably a good guiding principle to have in mind because that's probably the case.
2: That's right. That's right. I agree with that um, with that <laughs> adage. I think it's, it's very, very important people are mindful of what you're posting. Yeah, Especially absolutely. Online. And I
1: like lo- <laughs> Yeah, and I love coming back to what you kind of said, it, it, you know, use it for what it is. Social media is for social. Have meaningful interaction on it and, you know, like you said, this algorithm maybe not such a monster by the time we end this podcast, maybe it's actually our friend. Uh, kind of wrapping wrapping things up. We've talked about all the different platforms that are available. Do you have a favorite platform, Dimitri? Is there one you think we should all be on?
2: Um uh- look in Australia and the requests from our clients and and what we've been working on for so many years now has always been Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, it's the three hero platforms. My favorite personally is TikTok. I can spend hours on TikTok, just watching people curate amazing content. I love it. I just, I just believe I just can't believe how talented some people are really. Um, but TikTok, yeah. I believe, is in its own way. And and as an agency, we haven't actually started really curating content or, or getting involved with TikTok as much as we probably should be. But out of all of them, that's probably the most interactive and my personal favorite platform in 2020 at the moment.
0: Okay, big call. That's, uh, that's some news for me because I'm, I'm not on it. I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan, but it's maybe because I'm, I'm. it's different for me. So maybe I'm going to have to go give it a shot. Maybe I'm going to have to go download TikTok and see if uh, it gets me in the endless scroll like it gets you there, Dimitri.
1: I want to see, see Cam and Dimitri doing the blinding lights dance. That's what I want as part of our content for this week. Well, do you think you can
0: do that? I think I'm going to have to get on TikTok first to understand what that fully means. Uh, Dimitri- I'll,
2: take, I'll take a rain check on that, but thanks for your
0: fine way. I want to give you one final opportunity here. This could be the, uh, the benchmark for the, the, the future. Um, you're looking constantly at the change you told us before the podcast even starts, uh, that, you know, one of the hard things with social media is it's constantly changing. You're constantly trying to figure out the things to make sure it's the, the best thing, especially for your clients. Call the future, Dimitri. What can we see? What, what is coming? What could we expect, uh, for the whole social media and how, how it impacts us as consumers?
2: Oh, it's, it's impacted us already. And it's, and it's just going to continue happening. What, what, gosh, I wish, I wish I knew what was coming, but look, um, you know, the analysts and then the fortune tellers who claim to be, you know, the gurus and know everything um, they're suggesting that it's video, 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 video is the way we're heading. Um, If we're not creating video, if we're not consuming video, we are missing out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, VR and video and, you know, long form content, uh, more like mini videos, um, like mini clips and mini docu series start to really come come into play, um, particularly on social media um, from a business advertising perspective, but also the way that we like to consume our, our information will stop posting short form content posts and we're going to focus on longer and more meaningful content um that's actually going to add some form of value or endear us in some form of a way rather than just browsing Mm. there you go very good
1: and you heard it here first in the future we will not know how to read anymore that's that's (laughs) what i'm hearing we'll just watch videos instead (laughs) that's very good and uh yeah, it's exciting to think about what the future could be. VR in particular exciting space to watch. Dimitri, it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast with us today. Have is there anything that you would like to say that we haven't given you the chance to say?
2: No, honestly, thank you so much for having me. Um it's I've I've learned a couple of new things myself, you know, having heard part one of the podcast and you know, just you've you've got my you've got my mind ticking over a little bit more about you know how this algorithm actually works. You know, I, I, it's not something you wake up and think about every day. How do I beat the algorithm, or how do I work with the algorithm? But um, you know, it's it's subconsciously something that we're doing, and I think now you've just brought that to the forefront of my. Uh, attention so um if anything i'll probably be paying more attention to everything yeah that's
0: moving good. Forward. that's good uh finally uh, is there a way that you know people maybe they've listened to you and they're like wow this is an expert this is someone i want to connect with where can people find you maybe personally and for your business as well so that they can get in contact to maybe even find out more or even if they're a business get in contact to get some help
2: yeah definitely so um i would say that the best way to contact us is social media uh, but second to that and what I highly recommend anyone who's interested in having a casual chat maybe like the one we've had today um, learning a little bit more even deep diving into their own businesses that they may be thinking about starting in ideation or their you know post revenue and they want to grow jump on point.com.au um, I've set up a full funnel you can jump in book your 30-minute strategy session with myself personally Um, and it's just a casual conversation. It's just for us to get to know each other, be social, connect and help each other. And if we can help you or I can help you more specifically, then I'd love to do so. It's part of the fun.
0: Well, that's excellent there. And uh, I think you deserve this uh, round of applause because uh, I feel like you've not only helped us, yeah, give yourself a pat on the back there, Dimitri. Yeah, excellent. Because I feel like I know a lot more now and I definitely know our listeners have appreciated your expert opinion on this podcast. So thank you uh, for coming along and thanks for joining us on this podcast.
2: It's been fun, guys. Can't wait for your future series. I'll be listening closely. Thank you.
0: Well, there we go. Our expert interview with Dimitri there. Caleb, I feel like I know heaps more about uh, the social media algorithm uh, now. um, Well, social media in general. I know that one thing that stood out to me was the the window of like that time where they keep watching us afterwards. That's a little bit crazy. What's something that stood out to you? What's something that you took away from this uh, interview?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was so much in that. Keep social social stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, I love that idea of not being afraid of social media, but using for what it's what it's meant for. Meaningful engagement, uh, new relationships, both business and personal. So I think that's given me a renewed energy to think about how I use my uh, my social media platforms, if you will.
0: That's excellent. Now, uh, Dimitri, special shout out to him. Thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast. Caleb, he's got a very cool company. Where can we find him? He told us right at the end, just remind us all, where Can we go and find them right now at the end of this podcast?
1: Well, no mysteries here. Social media. Social yep. media is the place to find Dimitri. I'm sure we can link the socials below this podcast as sure well. Can uh, definitely get in touch with him and Point Dot Media. Uh, great guy to have a chat to about anything. Yeah. It seems as well as social media.
0: So Point Dot Media. Make sure you go across and check that out if you want to find out more. But thanks for tuning into this episode of the Hour of Power podcast. We'll be back next week with another study uh, where we look into something else. We come a little bit. Bit more of an expert. So make sure you tune in on Tuesday for that. No matter where you're listening, we appreciate you. Feel free to leave a review or connect with us on social media. We always enjoy connecting with our listeners, keeping our social media, keeping this podcast social indeed. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode of the Hour of Power podcast.